In a recent video reacting to the protesters crashing Joel Osteen's Lakewood church, I said this. We don't take Joel Osteen seriously. Yeah. This is the... I thought he's like the biggest evangelist in the world. No. Motivational speaker. Yeah. Yes. Motivational speaker. I don't he calls himself an evangelist or a pastor, right? Well, so, he's not a church, Ruslan. What do you mean? But he definitely doesn't refer to himself as a pastor. Now, this statement caught me some backlash in people saying that I was too harsh on Joel. That although he has some shallow theology, he's still a great figure in the Christian space and is an amazing pastor who does claim the title. This caused me to go back and do some more research to figure out if I was kind of talking out the side of my neck and wasn't giving Joel Osteen a fair shake. On this video, we're gonna be looking at if Joel Osteen does prefer the title motivational speaker, what this means for Christians, and a deeper issue I have with him about some recent developings here on YouTube. Bruce Lawn. Now, before you say, Ruslan, this is low-hanging fruit. Really, dude, another Joel Osteen video. Just bear with me. Watch till the end of this video. We're going to address the title pastor and where that came from, which if you guys didn't know, I tend not to speak about stuff that I don't know about, meaning that I've listened to dozens and dozens and dozens of Joel Osteen sermons, and I found a lot of them interesting and definitely encouraging. So I think we have to be honest in that he has a very positive, affirming outlook on things. Now, there's a quote I want to read to you, and then we're going to go to the actual phrase where this origin of him not preferring the title pastor came from. This is from an article in the Houston Chronicle where he says that he views himself as a preacher come life coach. He says, "I re this is in 2018, he says, I realized I wasn't like my father. He was more of a traditional pastor. I'm more of an encourager. So what does that mean? Well, if you guys don't know, Joel Osteen's dad was a pastor, more mainline pastor, and then Joel wasn't a preacher. He wasn't a communicator. He didn't go to Bible college. He didn't do any of that stuff. And once upon a time in this entire church situation. He asked them to speak once, and he did. And I think he kind of did good. I'm not quite sure. And then what happened was the very following week, Joel Osteen's dad, unfortunately, went on dialysis. And that is how Joel Osteen became the leader of Lakewood Church. And he intentionally did things that were different. He wanted to have a fresh take. He wanted to have a different approach on how church can be. So that's kind of like the origin story. So this isn't someone that has any credentials. This isn't someone that has any direct education. This isn't someone that's went to seminary. He's just a guy who dad was a preacher, took over the church, did some different things, and pulled on some of the stuff that he learned in the self-help motivational movement because some of it he believed was overlapping. Now, I want to first start off by saying, like, I don't think any of this necessarily makes Joel a bad guy. I don't think any of this necessarily means that he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. If anything, a lot of you guys get mad at me for not going hard enough on Joel Olstein. However, that doesn't make him any less an error. I think someone could genuinely mean what well and want to encourage people while simultaneously be an error in how he's going about it. And there's some other error that I'm going to address towards the end of this video that's outside of just the teaching and more of some of the tactical moves he's done behind the scenes that have affected people I personally know. So I'm going to play you guys. This is where the original quote kind of came from, but he's been saying stuff like, I'm a life coach, I'm a motivational speaker for decades. This is a 60 Minutes interview in 2007. Message of hope that God is a good God. 
and that no matter what we've done, where we've been, God has a great plan for our lives. And when we walk in his ways, that he'll take us places we've never dreamed of. So he says, my message is one of hope. God's a good God. If we walk in his ways, he'll take us places we've never been. I, listen, I, that's, that's great. I like that. Okay. He says, he'll take us places we've never dreamed. The issue becomes is sometimes this framing positions people to expect that their best days are ahead. And the reality is Jesus said there will be trouble. This is the crux of why this message is problematic is it's a one-sided message. Yes, sometimes we do need to be encouraged. Sometimes all types of pastors can be more encouraging to building us up. And Joel Osteen would say he has a gift of encouragement. The issue becomes is omitting certain things. So let's watch some of this clip and where some of this came from. Can you give the Lord another shout of praise today? Osteen preaches his own version of what's known as the prosperity gospel. God is a loving, forgiving God who will reward believers with health, wealth, and happiness. It's the centerpiece of every sermon. I want you to get a bigger vision. There are exciting things in your future. Your future is filled with marked moments, a blessing, increase, promotion. God has... So he's saying these things, but here's what you have to consider. If something is being proclaimed from a platform as true, it has to be absolute and universally true. He's saying your future is full of blessing, it's full of increase, it's full of abundance. And though I do believe that many of our futures are like that, however, there's the reality that a lot of people's futures aren't full of that. That there's a lot of people here that may be going on a fixed income soon. There's a lot of people that may be experiencing tragedy. All of these different things are realities. And so when you're speaking to a congregation based on this absolute certainty that God wants to bless you and give you a great life and give you your best life. Now, the reality is that that's not always true for everybody in that congregation, but that's definitely not true in a worldwide context where there are Christians suffering because of the name of Jesus. Already ordained before the foundation of the world, the right people, the right opportunity, time and chance are coming together for you. What if, but what if time and chance isn't coming together for you? What if what if you can have something really bad happen? The beautiful part about the gospel, the, the Jesus that we follow is not far removed from, from making sense of injustice and suffering. That the only perfect man to ever live on this side of eternity experienced brutal suffering and injustice. And that is the beautiful message of the cross that we can make sense of God allowing himself to be subjected to evil. This is something that we miss oftentimes when we're talking about these things. And so it's like, everything is good. Everything is positive. Rose-colored lenses. And listen, I want the best for all of you. And I believe a lot of this is connected to living God's way. But sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Sometimes your life isn't a linear uphill slope. It's more of a roller coaster. Anybody who's been living life long enough will tell you that. Don't you get your hopes up? Why don't you start believing? Why don't you get your hopes up? Why don't you start believing? No matter what you have or haven't done, that your best days are still out in front of you. It's an appeal. So again, is that true for everyone there? Probably not. In comforting message, and he follows it up with advice. If you're not making as much progress as you would like, here's the key. Don't lose any ground. Keep a good attitude and do the right thing even when it's hard. When you do that, you are passing the test. And God promises your marked moments are on their way. Okay. Keep doing the right thing. Amen, Joel. Keep doing the right thing. Passing the test and your marked moments are on your way. It's so vague. You said, I like to see myself as a life coach, a motivator to help them experience the life that God has for them. That right there 
is him quoting him saying, you like to see yourself as a life coach and a motivator. I went on their website, on Lakewood's site and on joelosteinministries.com. I saw the word pastor used once and I never saw it used before his name. He's been saying that he prefers to be a life coach and a motivator, a motivational speaker for decades. Okay, so those of you guys that came for me in the comments section as if I pulled that out of the side of my neck and just made it up. He, he's reading back his quote to him right here. Well, I think that most people already know what they're doing wrong. And for me to get in here and just beat him down and talk down to him, I just don't think that inspires anybody to rise higher. Do most people know that they're already doing wrong? Some people know they're doing wrong. Maybe this is a regional thing. Maybe because Joel is in the Bible Belt and this is the time that they're on there. Maybe some people know that they're doing wrong, but I don't know if we could look. Granted, this is 2007, to be fair. Can we look into our society now and say most people know they're doing wrong? I don't think so. I want to hear from you guys in the comment section. Do you guys think that most people know that they're doing wrong? Therefore, they just need encouragement. Maybe in the Bible Belt, but I think most people are righteous in their own eyes today. But I want to motivate. I want to motivate every person to leave here to be a better father, a better husband, to break addictions, to come up higher and they'll walk with the Lord. I mean, Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with wanting to motivate people to be more sanctified. Is that being a pastor or is that being Dr. Phil or Oprah? This man came for his neck. Is that being a pastor or is that being Dr. Phil or Oprah? And listen to what he says next. No, I think we use God's word. I think the principles that you hear Dr. Phil and some of those others talk about many times are right out of the Bible. The principles you hear Dr. Phil and those others, Oprah was the context of that statement, are many times right out of the Bible. Are they, Joel? Is the stuff that Dr. Phil teaches many times out of the Bible? Or does it sometimes have some overlap? Do you ever fear with this message of optimism, you may be misleading some people, that some people think, well, gee, if I just think positive things, my life will turn around. And for some people, that never happens. Isn't that what I just said? Some people, that's not going to happen. Some, some of you guys, you're getting older. You might have a chronic illness. Your best days may not be ahead of you. That's a reality. Yeah, I don't fear it because we don't just teach that. Because I teach that even in the tough times, you have to embrace where you are, know that God's given you the strength to overcome. You can even be positive in a negative situation, and it'll help you to stay filled with hope. Or all this because of the money the church brings in. We're going to come back to the money the church brings in in just a second. But he doesn't solicit contributions on television. Why don't you ask for money during your television broadcast? We didn't want anything to distract people when they were watching to try to turn off the message. Because we know how people are skeptical of TV ministers. Hey, there's a guy who just wants my money. That's what I didn't want any of that. But you do want their money. Well, we need people to... <laughs> Porter, so we can't stay on, but we don't. <laughs> but you do want their money, Joe. Get on there and ask for it. And it's amazing how people can see that you, when you're genuine, uh, they send money. Buckets of money. Over 43 million a year gets collected in the church. Another 30 million or so comes in the mail. 43 plus 30. Okay, that's not a math wizard. That's $73 million a year. It's a cash cow and a family business. Osteen's brother, sister, and mother are ministers in the church. But the real money for Osteen comes from his book sales, which are repackaged versions of his sermons. <laughs> Yo, this man, this man just sending shots. The real money comes from his books, which are repackaged of his sermons. On top of which, uh, Joel apparently does not take a salary and lives off of the book sales. So, you know, not all these mega church pastors take salaries, which I guess that's one, you know, commendable thing you could say. The question ethically becomes, well, if, if your church is building a platform for you to promote the books and the books is how you live and it becomes a cycle, that's kind of questionable. His latest book, Become a Better You, for which he reportedly got a $13 million advance. 
debuted in October at number one on the New York Times bestseller list and is on the list today. The book lays out seven principles Osteen believes will improve our lives. To become a better you, you must be positive towards yourself, develop better relationships. To become a better you, you must be positive towards yourself. Is that true? I know I'm going to get touchy, so just buckle up. Okay. To become a better you, you must become more positive towards yourself. If you want to become a better you in the department of fitness, let's just say me, myself included. My wife was pregnant, uh, you know, lockdown, so on and so forth. Gyms were closed. Your boy b- b- ballooned up to 205. I'm 5'10", 205. That's a lot of weight for me. To become a better me, do I need to become more positive towards myself? Or do I need to get more sober with myself that, bud, you haven't been following your meal plan. You've been eating too much food and you're not active enough. Maybe... I don't need to be more positive to myself. Maybe I need to be more sober with myself. That, Ruslan, you've put on 25 pounds post-pandemic, but you got to lose some weight. Let's get sober. Maybe it's not about being more positive to yourself. Maybe it's about being more realistic and truthful with yourself that if there's an issue, regardless on what it is, that you need help with, you need to (laughs) own it. And become and, and work on it. And as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit, which is a, a helper in our sanctification process, right? So is it always you need to be more positive to yourself? Uh, no, I think a lot of us, I think a lot of us need a good punch in the throat from life sometimes to get your life in order, to get your health in order, to become the, the person that Jesus has called you to be, which, by the way, directly correlates to you laying down your life picking up your cross and following Jesus. Let's go back to this. Embrace the place where you are. Yeah. Not one mention of God in that. Not one mention of Jesus Christ in that. That's just my message. So the the reporter is saying, fam, you don't mention God. You don't mention Jesus. (laughs) What? And and, and Joe's response here is is telling. Listen to his response. Christ in that. That's just my message. There is. This is my message scripture in there that backs it all up but i feel like Byron, i'm called to help people how do we walk out the christian life how do we live it and these are principles that can help you i mean if there's a lot better people qualified to say here's a book that's going to explain the scriptures to you i don't think that's my gifting this is 60 minutes saying hey man you said that you see yourself more of a life coach you said you see yourself more as a motivational figure now here's something else that i think is a bit problematic that that, that some of you guys may or may not know uh lakewood generates between 70 to 100 million dollars annually okay i think they had a a year where they did 30 million however in the middle of 2020 uh guess who took out four million dollars in ppp loans or 3.5 million dollars in ppp loans lakewood elevation church too okay so these mega churches that generated $30 $30 million, 80, Elevation generated $80, $90 million in 2020, also took out PPP loans. And Lakewood got called out on this and, and claimed that they were going to pay these back. Many of these churches exploded in the pandemic. They didn't shrink. Many of the revenue went up in the pandemic. It didn't go down. Mm, Joe, how do you make sense of that? You're a sweet guy. You're a nice guy. But but but, but what, what, what what's that about, right? Like, why are we taking out PPP loans? Listen, I'm like an actual small business owner. Like, it's me. I have a contractor. I have one-time full employee, and my wife oversees our books. I felt convicted about taking taking out PPP loans. I didn't take out any. 
right? I feel convicted and conflicted because you know what? At the end of the day, lights were on, food was food was in my stomach, my family was taken care of, right? So, ugh. Uh, all of this, I think, is going back to to an idea that regardless of where you are on the spectrum, I think hopefully that as we're critically thinking through these things, we would be more in tune with what the scriptures actually teach and becoming more biblically literate, which is why I put together a free mastermydevo.com course on how to study your Bible. It's a free course I put together over at mastermydevo.com. Link's in the description if you want to check it out to help you develop your own personal devotion with pursuing Jesus. Okay, but let me get to the point of the deeper issue I have. The deeper issue I have with Joel Osteen, as of late, outside of the, we're not going to say mean things and you need to consider being more positive and, you know, Dr. Phil, he says some good stuff and Oprah says some good stuff, right? Outside of all that, as of late, Joel Osteen thought it was a good idea to start meddling with some of us Christian YouTubers, more specifically, Mike Winger. So here's Mike Winger breaking down what happened with Joel Osteen uh, just within the last couple months. And essentially, this leading to Mike Winger catching a copyright strike on YouTube. A few days of that video going up live in November, it was immediately copyright, you know, claimed by Lakewood Church, and they claimed it, but only asked for the money. They, they asked for all the ad revenue that would come in through the video, and I, I, I didn't care. I thought that was funny, actually. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> by the way, Mike Winger's salt of the earth, man. God, goodness gracious. Mike Winger is a much better man than I am in this situation. But let me play some more of this for you guys. And I don't really care that much. So that was fine. Um, about four months later though, the video had accrued about 700,000 views. It was doing really well. And lots of people were saying, thank you, thank you. This has really helped me to understand Joel Osteen's teaching. I always knew something was you know, a little off about it, but I don't hate the guy. I just, I just needed discernment and wisdom on it. And so he does a video going through a typical Joel Osteen sermon. It's like a 50 minute video. He literally breaks down every Bible verse he used, every point he makes, where, where he said good things, where he said bad things. And again, Mike Winger, much like myself, a lot of the criticism we get is we, you don't go hard enough on Joel Osteen, right? So listen to what he goes on to say. All of a sudden, the video was taken offline. All of a sudden, their copyright claim, they didn't want the money anymore. Now they wanted it removed from the internet. And so that led to a few other things. So, so they let the video rock. They collect all the money from the video. This is Mike Winger, 441,000 subscribers. This isn't a celebrity pastor. This isn't someone uh, misusing your copyright. Here he is, copyright claiming a Christian YouTuber's video. Taking the money from it, which a video that does that many views with Mike Winger's audience probably generated into the five figures if I had to take a wild guess. On top of which, he then has the nerve to have the video removed once it reached 750,000 views. I appealed and I explained why I thought this was fair use, which is a legal term I'll explain very briefly in a minute. And they rejected my appeal. And so then I started reaching out individually and I thought, I don't wanna go through YouTube's like, like claims, back and forth features. I'd rather talk to somebody like Joel maybe or someone else there at Liquid Church who makes decisions like this. So I spent a really long time and I mean like, months, I think it was over a month, uh, just trying to get in contact with somebody at Liquid Church to discuss it with them. Everybody ignored me. Everybody ignored me. I mean, I was finding people on LinkedIn who worked in this just to send them messages. Everybody ignored me. I didn't get a single reply from a single person, not once. Um, I, and I even tried some, some back channels through people who know people who know people kind of thing. Um, and so at this point, I have good reason to think the following. Um, Joel Osteen is personally aware of my video. It's not just some automated status that's that's happening. If, if it was an automated thing, you know, to take down a video that has their their stuff on it, 
their copyrighted content on it, then that would have happened a few days after I uploaded it, not four months later. I think what happened is he saw the video and didn't didn't care for it. Um, I could be wrong, but that's there's, there's evidence that suggests to me that that's the case. The reason why I say this is because this means that it's this isn't going to get resolved by just having a, a chat or a conversation. Uh, those avenues towards like sort of peaceful, calm resolution don't seem like they're available. So here's why I'm going to drop it. Here's why I'm not going to go to court. I'm going to give you several reasons why. I so you guys should really go watch Mike Winger's entire video on this. Long story short, Mike Winger is not going to pursue this. How the copyright strike system works is that in a YouTube system, you are guilty until you're found innocent, basically. If someone thinks they you took their copyright, they can claim it. You can challenge it. They can hold the challenge. Then if you challenge it one more time, you will get a community strike and which means you can't upload for seven days. If you get three in 90 days, your, thing go, your channel can get deleted. And then they have to provide proof that they're going to take you to federal court within 10 business days. Now, me and Mike Winger were talking about this, and I was like, I think you should go to war with Joel Holstein. Mike Winger's a much better man than I am. And he's taking the humble route. He, he's he's going to take the L of the strike. Um, he doesn't want to go to court. He doesn't think it would be a good representation for the broader body of Christ. And he doesn't want the headspace and all the drama that's going to come with it. And that's, that's kind of where Mike Winger is with the way he's handling this situation, which I think is extremely humble of him. But think about this for a second. Think about someone's state of mind that they're online copywriting videos of their sermons, ignoring fair use laws, which Mike Winger consulted, and you can guess, go watch this whole video, consulted multiple, multiple copyright attorneys that says he has a 70 to 80% chance of it being fair use. It's just, it would take him a year in federal court to fight this thing. And he didn't want to play chicken with Lakewood Church and they wouldn't get back to him to try to resolve it peacefully. And so he just said, you know what? I'm going to take the L. I'm going to drop it. I'm going to take the copyright strike. And it, it is what it is. I'd rather take the L than to make a, a, a big spectacle out of the situation. But think about this for a second. So now we're talking about Joel Osteen who self-identified as a life coach motivational speaker who has no formal training, never went to seminary, Bible college, or any of that stuff, who basically took over his dad's church in a nepotism type of role. He wasn't feel, felt called to be a preacher. He didn't feel called to be a pastor, right? And already has some questionable things with Lakewood and the way they've taken PPP loans. And then the last straw is he's going after Christian YouTubers for reacting to his sermon and not even like a mean reaction. Like Mike Winger was like, oh, I think he means well. I think he he's coming from a gen, gen, genuine place. I just think he's an error. Like Mike is such a sweet guy in the way he communicates these things. This is problematic. And again, I'm not saying that there's some scandal around the court. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying if you're looking at a Joel Osteen, I don't know what other proof you need to point to the fact that this is not someone that's operating with the utmost uh, of integrity and freedom in what he's doing. Because if he was, he wouldn't be petty in trying to take down YouTube reactions to his sermons. If you really stand by what you preach, then you should be willing to let it ride and let people be critical of your work, just like all of us in the YouTube space. Mike Winger has rebuttal videos made about some of his videos. I've had hundreds of videos literally made about me. We don't go and try to copyright strike and censor people. That, fam, that is completely... That's goofy. And so here is the, the, the deeper issue what I'm seeing from a Joel Osteen. It's not someone that I would call a pastor. It's not someone that, in my opinion, most Christians take seriously in terms of what his teachings are. 
right? And it's someone that's built a ministry on the back of nepotism, being a good communicator. The man can communicate. I, I, don't take that away from him. To, to j- jump in and be like, Ruslan, you you don't know what you're talking about. He's a great... Stop. If you want to listen to him and because you need some encouragement sometimes, you do you, right? But to say that he's preaching a complete gospel, on top of which, going after Christian YouTubers, I can't co-sign that. I, I don't think that's coming from someone that's... Uh, willing to press into hard conversations and disagree with people in a way that's that's honoring to God, honoring to the church, right? Mike Winger's trying to get you on the phone. And again, some, a lot of you guys are like, Ruslan, you should try to get Joel Osteen on the phone. Mike Winger tried. Okay, he tried. Ruslan, you should try to talk to Stephen Furtick. Tried. Okay? Uh, so when we see error and we point it out, that's why these platforms exist, because we have to be willing to correct our own. Again, I'm not saying that he's a wolf in sheep, so I don't know. I think he's someone that started out well, meaning well, and over time, some questionable things here. Proceed with a lot of caution, because if you're going through life and you think it's all about your positive thoughts, and you think it's all about the words that you speak and speaking things into existence, and you think it's all about all this new agey type overlap stuff that Dr. Phil and Oprah preaches, you're going to be in for a rude awakening when life punches you in the throat, and you're going to have to hold on to the cross of Jesus. And you're going to have to hold on to a God that came, lived the life that we couldn't live, died the death that we should have died for our sin in our place. That's why he went to the cross and then rose on the third day to create a pathway for us and can relate to our suffering and told us that in this world, there will be, there will be trouble. There will be struggles. There will be things that just, they don't go our way. And so if you want to listen to someone that just tells you fluffy things about butterflies and sunshines and rainbows and right, if you if you want to follow that, just know that that's not a complete gospel. And I haven't seen anyone that's equipped to handle the hard stuff. And by the way, life will throw you hard stuff. By the way, there will be times that come up in your life that you didn't do anything wrong. Sometimes you just going to get punched in the throat. How are you going to react? Oh, I just, I got to just think more positive thoughts. The, the universe is working for me. We live in a fallen, broken world. I rather follow and listen and, and, and get a more complete, robust teaching that shows me that, hey, sometimes there'll be trouble. And by the way, if I live God's ways and I, and I follow God, generally speaking, yes, my life will be more fulfilling. I will experience more flourishing. But that doesn't mean that I'll always be happy. That doesn't mean I'll always be wealthy. That doesn't mean I'll always be healthy. Osteen, I don't know the guy. I would love to sit down and have a conversation with him and get to the bottom of like, fam, preach the gospel. You have the audience. People love you, right? Kanye preached more of the gospel at Joel Osteen's church than I've ever heard preached at Joel Osteen's church. In terms of a complete gospel, I'll look up that clip for your homework assignment. Be honest. Like, this, does this sound like a complete reflection of what the New Testament letters say? Probably not. If you guys want to see the video where I originally said these things in a Valuetainment Money podcast regarding the protest at Joel Osteen's church, you guys can check that out here or check out one of these videos over here recommended from YouTube. Be sure to check the links in the description. There's some free resources for you. Peace.